Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is the New Beginnings Podcast. I am your host, Matt Clem. And with every end, there is always a new beginning. We are here to talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, and really the journey in becoming your best self. Wherever you are, I hope you enjoy. So let's get right into it. So I, obviously, my name is Kaylin. I started online fitness coaching while I was still working a full-time job back in about November 2021, um, I back back up. I didn't get into fitness or nutrition or anything like that until I graduated and returned home after basic training in tech school for the Air Force. Um, I had lost weight in basic training and gained about twice of it back in tech school. So once I came home, none of my clothes fit. I was super uncomfortable. I didn't, I like, I hated my picture being taken and I was like, anything exercise or health related was like foreign to me. It's not something I grew up seeing my parents do. They didn't work Mm -hmm. out. Like they worked and they went home and on the weekends they did like housework and yard work. So like working out in a gym just like wasn't a thing for my family. And we also didn't eat the best. So growing up, I wasn't around that. So Once I was like, I don't know what I need to change, but something needs to change. I started like doing the Instagram swipe workouts after I like started with cardio restrictive slim fat or slim fast diet stuff. And like, it was just a hot freaking mess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But through a lot of trial and error, I found my way. I found what worked for me and what is also working for others. Um, along my journey, I had friends reaching out asking me to help them. Once I saw that I could help them, I was like, man, this feels pretty cool. And like, they're getting a transformation that they didn't think they could get. And I'm providing the value for them, which is pretty cool. So it was something that I wanted to do part time, like on the side, but crazy things happen, life happened. And I was afforded the opportunity between like December and February to quit my full-time job because that was just dread dreading like I dreaded that it was draining I was not there for it It was actually I was a computer analyst so it's absolutely nothing health and fitness anything but this is where my passion lies so that I just really wanted to pursue that while I'm young while I've got little to no responsibility I still have responsibility we're adults here but Mm -hmm. I felt like it was the perfect time to just jump on that dream and go full force Awesome. And and I do like how you mentioned right at the end there, going for your dream, right? I was in a discussion with another coach and we kind of had talked about like, holy cow, like in the past for him, he didn't go after his dream, like his first dream of being like a, a prominent DJ or whatever. And his connections ended up getting all the, like going to the clubs and actually making a name for themselves. And he's like, now as a fitness coach, he said, I'm not going to let myself down and get like, let another dream go past. So it's, it's nice because as fitness coaches and especially online fitness coaches to like, to make this work, um, it's like, yeah, you can have like other things going on and maybe other jobs and stuff and pursuits, but it's like, if you actually want to like be successful, if you want to, and for you, it's like making that impact, then we got to be like, both feet in the pool we got to dive in um because the the impact won't be as much um and and the dream won't get as big as if we're 
just thinking very small and, and don't go after it. Right. Um, so definitely, um, cause obviously it's nice to get to know a little bit about each other when we do these lives. Um, and there's obviously some insights that like I never knew. And I definitely do like the fact that you, you get back to like after, um, school or the air force and everything. And then you're like, none of none of your clothes fit right and i feel that most people in terms of just their fitness journey and we'll we'll end up getting to the macros right but it's like <laughs> most most people start their journey off of maybe a, a fear operated or out of like a maybe um a hate of hate for themselves and mm. usually sometimes that it is that way, right? I was listening to a podcast recently and it's like, sometimes we have to get knocked by a two by four in order, like something cataclysmic has to happen in order for change to actually evolve, right? So right. kind of for you and, and in your journey, um, how, wh where was that transition between like you operating out of fear and like, holy shit, like something needs to change, maybe a mental, physical low, but then like, how did you, maybe that got you started, but how did you start like operating out of like love for yourself? Like, holy shit, like I can make an impact. Like I made an impact in myself and this is positive and I like this and this is a passion. Where was that like transition from like operating out of fear to like then operating more so out of impact and love? Yeah, definitely. So with my journey just in itself obviously i started because i felt i needed to change like that was my motivator i was uncomfortable something had to change it wasn't because i just oh you know it'd be cool to like fit in my clothes again like my motivator was i don't want to go buy any more clothes because i'm trying to get my footing back i just i was away from home for six months i just want to wear the clothes that i wore before i left and get back to my life um, but to be completely honest, I was in that mindset where I needed to be the smallest version of myself that I could be. Yeah. So I went from the biggest I had been to being almost as small as I was in sixth grade. And it was through extreme restriction, extreme cardio, and it was honestly miserable. I was so tired all the time. I was so hungry all the time. And I don't think I truly was working out and fueling my body for just actual physical movement and out of love probably until like summer or September just last year. Like it was, it was a long sticking journey and I'm talking, I started all of this in 2017. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been a long journey. I've gone through all of the ups and downs. I, like I said, I was as small as I was in like sixth grade and then I, gained all of that back because of our beloved C word. And um, after that, it was again, my clothes don't fit. I'm uncomfortable. Like, I'm going to have to go out in public again. Like, I'm going to have to wear actual clothes, not just like sweatpants all the time, which I mean, I could, but got to look presentable sometimes. Um, and sure. Again, I was working full time after all of the quarantine stuff was over. And I didn't want to have to go buy new work clothes because I barely wore those clothes other than work anyway. Like I didn't want to wear those clothes. So why put more money into it? Because I didn't value that. Mm -hmm. And, and I definitely do see it because a common theme of like 
how us as coaches um, provide value is through our stories, right? And a yeah. common theme is the the valleys and the peaks that we've gone through. And it's like, hey, we know from our experience, like we know where not to go. So like, if you want a shortcut to get your results, like then let's go this way of like what does work, right? Yeah. And and I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, there's so many different modalities and different diets and of like what works with people best, right? But at the end of the day, it's like the same principle. People want to feel more comfortable in their skin. People want to gain more confidence. People want to have structure, routine, and all that kind of stuff. And especially, people just want to have a better relationship with food and not have to feel bad about that beer or having to go to the fair like you did recently oh, and yeah. feel feel guilty about it because for so long especially for like me it's like I don't leave any temptations in my household because I know that I am going to gobble it up and finish it so when I do and am observant with holy cow I have the craving of ice cream every around every three weeks then i'm going to go out of my way to the store just to go grab the ice cream to satisfy that craving and i still achieve my goals so how mm -hmm. can we get to a place where people can just be more observant of what they put into their body and through that it's like well asking the question why am i overindulging why am i going out every single weekend and eating a, a shit ton of food and then why am I feeling bad about it right and okay. is it the over restriction is it this is it that and actually finding those answers so for you in terms of your relationship with just food in general we we can definitely start to like maybe the beginning of where you are just way too restrictive way too much cardio trying to be as skinny and slim as possible um let's start with like kind of that valley and then we'll work our way up to like maybe where you're at now with your relationship uh more mm -hmm. of like the higher version of yourself so yeah like where how how come it was always like very high like overindulging and then very restrictive maybe for you and your journey for me it was most definitely just not having the information like growing up, I said, we didn't really eat the greatest. My dad always said we were poor. We weren't poor. He just, I don't know. We look back and we laugh now and we always joke about it because like we all, like my entire family has just a completely different aspect on health now versus when we did when my sister and I were kids. So growing up, I was eating like Chef Boyardee, like hamburger helper. We were having tacos. Not that tacos are bad, but you know, like the really fatty beef and all of that. Um, and I always remember eating peanut butter on like everything. Now we know mm -hmm. peanut butter is not bad, but when we're eating exactly, it's, it's like overindulging <laughs> like yes. way too much, right? All I remember is peanut butter and Oreos. That was like my kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. Once I like got over that, I mean, it took a while because I still had that mindset about good foods, bad foods, not understanding the nutritional value, which is what macros and macro tracking brought me was just the knowledge of what's already in the foods that I'm eating. So understanding that, yeah, fat is not going to make you fat. Carbs are not going to make you fat. You can have peanut butter and Oreos and ice cream and all the desserts and all the fair food in moderation if you've got the rest of your lifestyle in check. And I think I really truly found that by going to the fair, 
that one week out of the year, once I started working out and I would indulge during the week, even when I was still restrictive, I learned that indulging during that week, getting all the fried and greasy foods and everything, that I wasn't 50 pounds heavier at the end of the week. It was like, oh, I, I can eat like this and not gain a whole bunch of weight. Like this stuff mm. must not be that bad. Um, but definitely I started tracking macros. I want to say like late 2018, early 2019. And that's really when everything changed because I tell everyone like macros is a tool. And once you learn the tool, it is so eye opening. So mm -hmm. that's why I really enjoy tracking macros because once I gained that knowledge, my whole world when it came to food just changed. And my question for you is just like, how did you even find, like, did you invest in a coach or did you like, what research did you like actually need to go out of your way and find to like discover just like, holy cow, like I can still eat the foods I enjoy and love and maybe nutritious or not less nutritious, but it's like, how can I look at food for what it literally is rather than what I perceive it to be like? where did you kind of grasp this understanding of macros in the first place? So I truthfully don't even know how I came across it. But I remember sitting like when I wasn't in class at college, I commuted. So I lived at home. I remember just sitting in the living room while my parents were like watching TV and I was on my laptop or my phone, like earbuds in watching YouTube videos. And I came across her name is Liesl Jane on YouTube and she was like, how many macros I eat to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, everyone should be eating 1400 calories and tracking these macros. Like I'm gonna do that. And again, it was still really restrictive, but it was mm -hmm. just the, the start, the ignition to the rest of what mm. has come. So it was still restrictive, still being as restrictive as possible, eating very, very little. But it was just, I, I came across it on YouTube and I was like, man, this is really interesting. It's science-based. I'm really into that. It's like proven. It's not like all theory stuff. And I was mm -hmm. like, this could really work for me. So once I started restricting myself a lot, yeah, it really did work for me. And I don't even remember when I realized, honestly, it was probably when I worked with my first coach. I only did for two months not enough time to see any progress, but it was only two months. And it was in the beginning of 2020 before the world went nuts. But that's when she had told me like, you're not eating enough. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not eating enough? Like I was eating like, 1400 and I am eating 1600 now. Like that's a lot of food. And, and, and I'm eating clean. So yeah, I'm eating fun. clean. I'm eating healthy. It's chicken and vegetables. Yeah, right. <laughs> and oatmeal. <laughs> Exactly. And I feel because I, I definitely resonate with that, too, because I mean, when I kind of started to track it was, it was, I always put a timetable on it. Like with most of my goals, like, oh, music festival, EDC is coming up or mm -hmm. um, weddings coming up. So I need to cut and then like, for the month, two months, three months, then like, I would track more so but it was mm -hmm. never like, why not just leaving like no time duration? And it's like, Hey, like, let's just track. And I feel like up until this year where I've tracked the majority of this year for like the last six months, basically every single day, I've come to an understanding of the, the kind of the metaphor that I like to 
um, tell onboarding clients is just think about it as like driving stick shift, right? It's another tool, like what you're saying in the toolbox. And it's like, yeah, uh, at first, like if you're doing it by yourself or you're doing it with someone, it's like my dad for me when I was trying to learn how to do stick shift, it's like, freaking like get back in gear like put in the clutch put it like and and it's aggravating it's annoying it's uncomfortable and just like any tool or any journey that you're starting right but then it's like well when you put the perspective that it's a non-negotiable when you put the perspective of like holy shit like this is a tool and this is the route for me and it's it's to go to the grocery store it's to get get to the gym like I need to go to school and drive stick like it is my mode of transportation to get me from point a to point b so it's like if you have that perspective of like holy cow I need to learn stick and by learning how to drive manual like now I can drive every fucking car in the world right Mm -hmm. so it's like put that into perspective of my macros and macro tracking it's like it's going to be uncomfortable it might feel like a chore it might be boring but as long as you're willing and you see the perspective of, holy cow, I'm learning, I'm building intuition, I'm moving the needle into my favor, then that is exactly what it's supposed to be. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I don't need to drive stick every single day. Most people drive auto. So it's like, I can still drive auto cars. Same thing with my macros. I don't need to track my macros every freaking day of my life. But it's like, hey, it is a tool, it is a resource, and I'm able to accomplish my goals that much better by utilizing that. So um, that's kind of the perspective of like me onboarding people. And it's like, hey, like, let's just start the dialogue. Why does it feel like a chore? What kind of conditions have you placed on it that makes it feel boring? Or And that just is a change in perspective of just macronutrients in general. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you have a willingness and if you have the openness to actually like try and see if it's something that you enjoy or at least something that like is moving the needle for you, then it's like, let's take this and let's carry with it to achieve your goals. So for Mm -hmm. you, um, in terms of your approach to like your clients, like how do you kind of maybe let's say onboard or like a, a client, like you're maybe a month or two in how are they usually like starting to actually enjoy their process and kind of switch their perspective from like, Oh, like what is this? And they're hesitant to like a couple months in they're like, Holy cow. Like I'm freaking eating 2000 calories. I'm achieving my goals, going to the gym. And I freaking know exactly what I'm putting into my body. Like how do you use the approach of that toolbox for macro tracking to help your clients achieve their goals? Yeah. So Thank God I don't have a lot of clients that are super like hesitant about tracking macros. However, I do have a few that don't yet see the importance of it. They're not hesitant on it. They'll track. But as far as hitting goals go, they're not quite there yet. And when it comes to that, I kind of just ask them like, hey, what's going on? Why why don't you think you can hit this goal or why? aren't we achieving these goals? Like we've had them set for this amount of time. Like what's going on? Let me help you. Let me tell you where we could add things. I go through their food logs and I say, okay, so you had this, this, and this. Maybe next time we could just add a little bit more of this. You don't need to find something new to eat. Just adding, say, a little bit more chicken or a little bit more rice to hit a carb goal or whatever. Um, But the cool thing is, and I tell them, 
every single person that signs on with me before they do sign on, I'm like, hey, this is just a tool. You do not have to do this forever. It is to open your eyes. It is for you to have awareness because if we're not tracking, we have no idea where we're at. So we have no idea where we need to go. And if you're not tracking data, you've got nothing to go off of. It's just like tracking body weight or measurements to see if what you're doing is working. If you're not tracking, you have no grasp on anything to know if it's working. So that is mm -hmm. why I think as a coach, macro tracking is so important. Hitting those goals is so important because if you're not consistently being within range of certain goals, there's really no way to judge whether something's working for you or not. Mm -hmm. And and it and I definitely do like kind of the saying that you kind of spoke to me from that and it's like, help you help me. Like, mm -hmm. I, how can you expect me as a coach to help you if I'm not even given the data in order for us to achieve your goals, right? So mm -hmm. that's why for me, and when I work with people, it's like, hey, let's for the first week or two, like, let's just see what you're putting in your body. Like, mm -hmm. just if you're eating Diet Coke and pizza or whatever, like every day, it's like, so be it, but like, at least track it so we can get it going. And then we can start moving the needle in like the direction that we want to go. Mm -hmm. And, and, and because we as like, more lifestyle clients, like, everyone and, and like yeah we have our niche and like our, our avatar our person but it's like we're 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 receiving um and having conversations and connecting with everyone right mm -hmm. um and, and that kind of means it's like everyone is an individual and everyone comes with the same basic principles of the same basic goals but everyone's hormones are different everyone is reacting everyone is in, in a different environment so everyone is at a different starting point um, so for you, like, how do you, t like, do you give like knowledge of like in your check-in calls or like, how do your clients start creating a, a better relationship with food? Cause it's like, okay, like you, I just had a conversation with the clients, like he's tracking every single day, he's doing this and this. And then he saw my post where it's like, are you overeating junk food on the weekends? Right. Cause it's like, you can hit the number. Right. But then it's like, but if you're so focused about the number of like, oh, I need to hit this macro goal, but it's like half the time you're still eating fucking ice cream and just less nutritious foods. And it's like, we're, we're, we're missing the point. So how do you um, as a coach kind of help with that approach of not only like, hey, we have these goals, not only this is a tool in the toolbox, but it's like, how do you create a healthier relationship with food um, with your clients? Right. So like you said, the first week, maybe even two weeks, usually I only do a week because everyone wants to like get in and see their goals. So for the first week, I have them track all of their daily habits, walk, like whether it's steps or like the amount of time they walk, how much water they drink, and then also logging all of their foods. And I stress first, do not change anything. Eat exactly as you normally eat. Do not change a thing. Just log it. And second, do not follow what my fitness pal tells you to eat. <laughs> because so often they're like, I'm just, I don't understand how it wants me to eat. Like I had another client just a couple weeks ago. He's I'm so very full. tall. <laughs> no, he's, so he's so tall and he's a bigger guy. He lifts heavy 
And he's like, I just, I can't eat everything my fitness pal is telling me. And I looked at him, I was like, well, first of all, I said, please just eat what you normally eat. You don't need to go for anything. We're not striving for gold here. We don't have any gold right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how much is my fitness pal telling me to eat? And he was like, over 3000 calories. And I was like, no wonder you're not hitting it. Like you're not used to eating that much. You're eating 14, 1500 calories right now. Like, of course that's outrageous. Um, so it's just driving home that factor. Like first week we're tracking your normal life right now. We're not changing anything. After that week I go through, I take averages of everything, protein, carb, fat, calories, and fiber. So once I get all of those tracked out, I also calculate TDEE, like get all their macros where they should be for their height and their weight. And I make a little document, print out their roadmap pretty much. I say, here's where we're at. These are your averages for this first week. Here's where we want to go. And however many months we're together, these are the goals we're going to try to hit. And we're going to do that over time. So I start them out exactly where they're at. And every two weeks, maybe four weeks, we work to increase or kind of work toward the goal that we're trying to reach. So they're very aware of what goal they're trying to reach. And I give them the support. I have like different resources and guides. I have a Google Classroom where I just create different guides in Canva and provide them to them there. Um, Also, like any resources like on social media or like YouTube videos, I'll send those over. If they're really struggling, I'll schedule a call with them, do like a food log audit and say, all right, here's what we did. Here's how we can improve and just give them tips of how to reach their goals if we're not quite there yet. For sure. For sure. And I, and I do love that approach and it it is cool to listen in because every coach has a different approach, right? Mm -hmm. You might be using the same tools in the toolbox, but the approach is always different. And, and I definitely do um, love that because um, we're just m- trying to meet where in for individuals that might be listening in and tuning in at some point and aren't I mean, are just trying to do this journey by themselves. It's like, take this as value for like your own approach, right? Um, not going zero to 100, not doing all or nothing. And, and that's for me, I, and I've seen like so many clients like, Oh, I just like want a meal plan. I want a meal plan. Da, 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 da. And then I'm like, dude, like, yeah, last week, like you ate 3000 calories. And then this week, you're eating 1500 calories. It's like, you we need to in what you were saying every two to four weeks or whatever. It's like, you need to prove to yourself. And by factually doing that and showing to me, then it's like, then we can move the needle. It's like, maybe we just need to focus on calories right now. Maybe once we graduate from that, now it's calories and protein. And then once we graduate from that, now we can actually have a full laundry list of like our carbs, proteins, and fats. Mm -hmm. And then now we can, if we are tracking and we're hitting and within like a variance, right? We're not striving for perfection, but it's like, if we're dialed in on our carbs, proteins, and fats, and then you're telling me, hey, Matt, I want to have like a meal plan timed, like with epoch and like right after my workout and all this kind of stuff and it's like then (laughs) if we're mastering the details then let's do this right but it's like so many people are just struggling to hit like the protein goals and everything so it's like let's just be living in uh we're not in a wonderland we're not there's no butterflies and unicorns it's like hey let's just go one step at a time and then slowly achieve our goals 
whether for me, it's like I work with individuals for like six months to a year. So it's like through the course of months, we're able to hit a, a solid threshold depending on the person in terms of like macros to get to that point. But for me and my approach, it's like, we have to like graduate every single time. And it's like some people just start off right at the bat and like, Mm -hmm. I see them showing up all the time. So it's like, we have a full laundry list of carbs, proteins, and fats. And then other people, they're all over the map. So it's like, hey, let's just try to eat 20 to 30 more grams of protein and get it in. And like anything, there's a lot of learning and knowledge, but also a lot of unlearning that we need to do with some people. Because like you were saying, maybe some people are coming in with like keto and like hate carbs and all this kind of jazz. But it's like, no, we need carbs. We need, mm -hmm. it regulates our hormones. Like it lowers, it's like the shutoff valve for like cortisol and everything. It's like pre and post workout. So it's like, how can we just get a better, better understanding of what we're putting into our body? But it starts off with, for our approach, it's like, let's just see what you're putting in. Um, right. So kind of for you in terms of, um, and I definitely do want to specify this as like, there's people out there that are going to be listening to this and they might have like a bad relationship with food or it, it could definitely improve. I feel like all of us can definitely improve in some of which way, but a lot of people are holding onto it with like two extremes or they might be holding onto it with like some traumas and for them to feel comfortable, they need to like overindulge and that's their safe haven. But then it's like maybe the other extreme is just like, starving themselves and I need to be as tiny as freaking possible so it's like for the listener that is wanting to improve on just their macros or just the relationship in food in general what's kind of your take on like maybe a thought or two that you would kind of recommend for them to just like get their feet wet and just like start so for those that struggle with either using food as a comfort or even just restricting themselves out of fear, I think what needs to be done, and I know it's a lot easier said than done, but we need to change the meaning that food holds. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a comfort, whether that's a fear, somewhere in your life there was a trauma, there was an event, there was something that put this meaning on this situation. So if it's comfort, figure out why, what event happened, what trauma happened where food was the only thing that made you feel comfortable. Trying to kind of rewire your brain and get a new like neural pathway to find comfort other than what you're used to. And it's going to take energy. It's going to take lots of effort and intention in changing these neural pathways but if you don't start them, they're not going to get stronger and keep building. So I think that's the biggest thing with the good food, the bad food, the comfort food, or just the fear of food is asking yourself why you feel that way. And then kind of looking into that deeper to see like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. Like when I was younger, for me, as an example, I was told you have to finish the food on your plate. Like if you scoop the food out, you said you were going to eat that much. I don't care if you're full, you need to finish it. Mm -hmm. So that kind of got me all out of sorts. I didn't know that I was allowed to stop eating when I was full or things like mm -hmm. that. Like just being out of tune with your body, try to get in tune with your body. If you're hungry, 
feed it, give it whole foods. Think about an 80-20 rule. That's another thing I forgot to mention earlier. When I'm having my clients track and they're like maybe eating all junk food, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's think about whole foods. So sticking to the outside of your grocery store, getting the produce, getting the meats, getting the dairies, maybe going the aisle for like some rice. That's it. <laughs> maybe a couple mm -hmm. snacks every now and then, but stick to the whole foods because your body's going to love it more. It's going to use more energy to digest it. So you're going to be burning more and your body just wants the whole foods. It doesn't need the processed stuff that's already broken down for them. But that's just the, the biggest thing overall is rewriting the meaning, giving your body the foods that it needs because more times than not, if you're craving foods, it's because your body isn't getting what it needs and you don't understand yet what it needs until you're giving it a little bit of everything. So maybe you're like really craving ice cream, really craving Oreos, but it's like, have you had any protein? Did you pair it with a carb? Did you pair it with a fat? Like, are you eating fats? Because especially as women, I know men too need them, but with women, all of our hormones, we need fats and restricting them makes our body go into chaos and it's not functioning optimally when we're restricting those healthy fats. Mm -hmm. And, and I do like how you were starting to talk about fats there because um, people and like leveraging good fats in like, or like, more nutritious fats to less mm -hmm. nutritious fats. I like, I hate saying the, the good or bad, but more nutritious, less nutritious. Right. And it's yeah. like, Oh my God, I'm not, I, I'm not going to eat the cookie. It's way too much carbs, but it's like, you're putting too much blame on carbs and not the blame on like the fats, because mm -hmm. when you look at the construct of, let's say the cookie, it's like, there's going to be more fat in the cookie than there are carbs. So let's make sure we rewire our brain where it's like, no, like it is the fats, but it's like, what fats are we consuming? Is it nuts? Is it avocados? Is it mm -hmm. more healthy, like olive oils, avocado oils and stuff? Or is it from the greasy pizzas or all that kind of stuff? And I'm not saying that pizza or cookies or Oreos or whatever are bad in moderation, like you said, the 80-20, but I'm saying if we're getting all of our fats from those foods, then it's like, we're going to be getting the results that is the perfect system to gain gain that weight and everything. And I definitely do love um, you saying rewiring our brain and trying to go back to maybe that past experience or that past trauma. But for most people, right, it, there might not even be like that exact thing that like, holy shit, this is where the tides turn. It might just be the micro compounded like, and that's the macro, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. just little subtleties over literal years and then boom, like the pressure builds up like an earthquake, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. how can we start to rewire and just like change those little subtleties um, and rewrite kind of our narrative or kind of that story. And I, I like to kind of, when you're talking about those neurons and synapses, it's like, think about starting a new habit. Think about, starting to track your macros, think about just rewiring your brain to see food in a different light. It's like a path when you're in the mountains and you're going for the bike ride. It's like, we need to be going along that path many times for you to actually get it down. So the mm -hmm. first time you go down with the bike, it's like, okay, there might be like a little divot, right? Or maybe you walk the path and there's might be a little imprint of your vans or whatever, right? But it's like, 
that imprint's going to go away after a storm or whatever. So it's like, we need to continuously be going along that path in order for actual true change to occur. So in, in terms of just macros and just seeing and just being like, just having a, that a better relationship with food, it, it will take time. It's not like an overnight kind of thing, but the decision to change and Lana, my, on the last live I was on, like the decision to change takes like less than 90 seconds. The job that you, you quit the computer analysis, it was in one bleep of a moment where you're just like, screw this. I'm out. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Right. Like maybe it was a micro to like lead up to that decision. Right. But it was mm -hmm. that decision. So for so many people, um, it is that micro. So how can we start to turn the tides um, into the direction that we want to go, um, especially with food, because um, I had a client literally the last check in and he's like, damn, dude, like, I feel like I'm in a rut. Like I've been snacking a lot this week and I've, and I saw your post and everything on junk food over the weekends. And I feel like I've been going into sweets and then I'm like, okay, obviously what you were saying right here, like we have the 80, 20 rule. Right. And it's like, dude, you've been all gas, no brakes, almost like a freaking a hundred percent for the last like six weeks that we've been working together. And then now you're in a rut because you're not quote unquote perfect. Right. So <laughs> How can we rewire and switch is like, no, it, it is okay. You, you can be flexible. You can eat the bagels. You can eat the Oreos. You can eat all, all these foods that you might have like a stigma. You might feel guilty with, but it's like, how can we get to a point where it's like, okay, like I, I deserve this because it's in moderation, not I'm going to have this and like, I feel shitty about myself and oh my God, I'm going to plateau now. It's like, no, like mm. you, you serve the craving and it's like most people are just not consuming enough protein. Like, and for people out there that might be listening, it's like protein is the most satiating, like the most filling freaking macronutrient. So if mm -hmm. we're not consuming, most people aren't consuming enough protein, like we're not full. So that's why we go into those cravings. That's why we're eating all these foods is because like what you were saying, not many people are consuming whole foods. We are eating a lot of processed foods that don't hold as much like nutrients and micronutrients. And thus we're still having those cravings of sugar and everything. So um, I definitely do like the conversation with, with just the relationship with food and everything. Um, and I do have one more kind of thing to end it, but do you have any just thoughts on, on just like protein or any final words on like macros in general? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I just talked to my community of women yesterday about this is consistency. Like we talked with the neural pathways and doing things over and over and over again. We have to do them over and over and over again to create the habit. Once it's a habit, then it's like just what you do. It's going to be uncomfortable because we have to put so much effort into actually starting it. But once you're going, it's like riding a bike. Like you're not going to forget how to ride a bike. So it's going to take a lot of falling. It's going to take maybe bumps and bruises, not physically, but you might mentally take a few beatings 
And after you get it down, you understand the concept, you see how your body feels so much better when you're giving it exactly what it needs. It's, it's non-negotiable. It's a no brainer. Like why wouldn't you be giving yourself the protein that it needs, the carbs that it needs, the fats that it needs. And sometimes I tell my clients this all the time, like when you're not tracking and you're say on vacation or on a road trip or something and your body's like hungry, you gotta stop, treat your, your stomach like a baby. You gotta say, when's the last time I had water? How much protein did I have today? Did I have any carbs? Did I have any fats? What is my body craving? Because I can guarantee it's not a greasy pizza. I can guarantee it's not the Oreos and the ice cream. It's craving those nutrients that it's used to getting because when you're tracking, you're on it, you're getting your body what it needs. But sometimes you just gotta treat yourself like a baby and say, okay, go down the checklist. What do I need? What didn't I have? And with your consistency, with your checklist, just checking in with yourself, you're going to create that routine and that habit, and you're going to be able to reach whatever results you're trying to reach. Mm. And damn, yeah, I think <laughs> ha having that perspective is what we're trying to teach because they don't, they don't teach this stuff. I mean, I did four years of health and exercise. It's like, they don't teach this stuff. They don't teach, they just teach the theories, they teach the numbers. Um, and, and that's about it, right. And it doesn't really go into the application of like, holy cow, like I have these macros and these goals, but it's like, well, I can't achieve them. But it's like, well, why can't you achieve them? Like, well, ask yourself all these questions and go down the list of like, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why am I not achieving my goals? And once you start actually answering these questions and having, um, for us, it's like we're able to have dialogue with our clients, but it's like, even for yourself, if you're doing this alone right now, it's like actually having that internal dialogue um, and asking those questions. So hell yeah, um, I definitely do. It, this always goes on the pod. Um, so I definitely do want, um, to really end it with this saying, um, as my saying is, as every end, there's always a new beginning. So for you, it's like with every end, um, there is what, so do you have anything, um, to fill that? I think I would fill that with every end. There's a new lesson to be learned. I feel like every time some door is shut, every time something doesn't go the way you want it to, there's always a lesson to be learned from it, whether good or bad. I really don't know if anything could be bad because you're always learning. And if you're learning, you're growing. <laughs>